Hello, I'm Charlotte Stoddart and you're listening to the September episode of the Paediatric Research Podcast. This month's guest is Nathan Salomonis from the Department of Paediatrics at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Occasionally and tragically, a baby under the age of a year dies unexpectedly during sleep for no apparent reason. It's known as Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, SIDS, or more colloquially as COT death. There are some things that parents can do to reduce the risk of SIDS. Breastfeeding, not smoking, placing a baby on its back to sleep. But the root cause or causes of SIDS are largely unknown. This is frustrating and difficult for doctors and parents, as Nathan Salomonis knows only too well. He's determined to use his system's biology background to untangle the complex biological interactions that make a baby susceptible to SIDS. He spoke to me from Cincinnati. These are healthy infants. Presumably they have had no adverse medical history in the past. And they're put to sleep either in the daytime or at night and the parent or child care provider uh, goes to check on them either that afternoon or the next morning, and they most typically will find the infants non-responsive, blue, sometimes on their side or stomach. And do we really have no idea what the cause of these deaths is? There have been some molecular and genetic studies that have identified candidate markers, um, so genes which, they, which researchers believe may play an important role in the susceptibility to sudden infant death syndrome, um, but there really have not been any smoking gun findings that critically uh, associate one molecule or set of molecules with, uh, with sudden infant death syndrome, making it very challenging to try to piece together a, a predicted model of SIDS. Um, the best indicators that we know of are, for example, obstructive objects in the infant's crib or sleeping environment, such as soft bedding or soft toys, uh, sleeping an infant sleeping on their side or stomach, uh, the presence of an infection. But really, that's not sufficient to explain why these children are dying. Absolutely. And I think that's what leaves parents most devastated and confused and frustrated, that they had a healthy infant, they put them to sleep, they came back, and for no clear reason their child died. Now, you have a background in systems biology and genomics. Why did you decide to apply these tools to the study of SIDS? I began researching sudden infant death syndrome as a result of my own son, Milo, who died suddenly and unexpectedly at the age of four months old while at a childcare facility. And as a way to cope with my grief, I turned to the existing literature to see if I could begin to understand what are the environmental, genetic, and other biological risk factors that might cause a healthy infant to suddenly die as a result of no known clear causes. So you read a lot of studies on sudden infant death syndrome. What did you do then? My, my main goal with this work has been to create a systems biology model of SIDS. And what that means is can we take as much literature-associated information, specifically uh, genes, mutations, cell systems, biological interactions, um, and create a computational 
uh, call it a model or a pathway that represents the, the possible association of these molecules with each other in the context of, for example, the brain or the heart or uh, the immune system. And I chose to represent this in the form of a wiki pathway. Um, wiki pathways is an online portal that allows anyone to browse or edit existing biological pathways or even create new pathway content. I'm looking at your pathway right now. It looks like a complicated flowchart or several flowcharts. I mean, it all looks pretty complicated. Has this wiki pathway just highlighted to you how difficult it is to understand SIDS? Or actually, have you gained a better understanding from doing this? So the complexity of the pathway in some ways illustrates the difficulty researchers that are new to this field, such as myself, have in trying to understand what are the critical associated molecules that have been defined through uh, existing research studies. Uh, there are a few different camps in the SIDS research community. One is uh, believes that inflammation and genetics associated with inflammation may be most critical to sun infant death syndrome. Another camp believes that probably 10 to 15 percent of SIDS cases are due to inherited or sporadic mutations in genes within the cardiovascular system. Uh, and then there is a large community of researchers who believe that SIDS is uh, specifically attributable to gene expression and polymorphisms that occur within the respiratory control centers of the brain, specifically in the medulla oblongata. And so those represent the largest component of genes and interactions in this data set and some of the most concrete theoretical associations with the uh, cessation of breathing that occurs in SIDS infants. What for you are the main learning points from this? What, what I found mo most enlightening about this particular analysis was that when we look at the amount of hundreds of detected proteins in SIDS brains compared to infants that died from other causes, uh, uh, not due to SIDS from a previous study, we found a number of genes linked to either molecules in our in silico model or that were connected to known SIDS pathways and phenotypes that were not previously observed. These include proteins that could theoretically disrupt synaptic transmission in the breathing centers of the brain, in particular vesicle, synaptic vesicle fusion and release, um, which appear to be uh, you know, reasonably decreased actually in the brains of a large subset of these infants that, you know, maybe play a more important role in the, the regulation of the SIDS phenotype. Um, and so molecules like that, SNAP25 and VAMP2, for example, um, may, may be important new candidates. And you really, you really would have trouble identifying those without these kind of pathway-based approaches. Um, but in general, this approach is best at highlighting new candidates. And when you say new candidates, are we talking about biomarkers that might help us to identify infants that are at greater risk, or are you talking about possible drug targets? The long-term goal is, at least from my perspective, is, is non-invasive biomarkers. The conventional parent that has a newborn infant is, is not going to want to, you know, have some kind of test done on their infant and, and be given them you know, drugs that have not been tested for, you know, 30 years, for example, since we don't know what the long-term consequences of those drugs are. So the, really the first step is to 
identify new biomarkers, um, ideally non-invasive biomarkers, which parents can easily test for, for a large range of infants in, in different socioeconomic situations, that, that eventually would lead to increased monitoring of those infants. I guess you could also try to control the sleeping environment. That, that's right. I mean, the best ways currently to reduce the risk of SIDS are uh, through a safe sleep environment. Um, having infants sleep on their back rather than on their side or stomach, uh, making sure they're on a, a flat surface, uh, there's nothing obstructing their breathing, preventing overheating, monitoring them if they're just learning how to flip over onto their stomach and may have trouble flipping back and forward. Because there is this triple risk hypothesis with SIDS that requires that the infant be within this critical time window of development, uh, which is typically a, a month to six months of age, um, have some kind of biological genetic or biological susceptibility to SIDS, and be exposed to some exogenous external trigger, such as unsafe sleep, what we want to do is we want to control the variables we can control in that equation. What's next for you? Are you going to continue working on SIDS, or are you going to try applying this wiki pathways approach to something else? I'm really trying to establish collaborations to apply this model in a more systematic way to large-scale data sets that we can uh, identify truly real biomarkers. And, and that's going to be probably be some time, but we're in an exciting period of research where these new tools are available that really let us perform these wholly unbiased approaches. And so it's, it's really the job of the research community to take advantage of these and apply these tools to SIDS to see if we really can identify biomarkers that are superior to any that have been previously ad predicted. Well, who knows? Maybe one of your future collaborators will be listening. My thanks to Nathan Salomonis, this month's guest on the Paediatric Research Podcast. You can find Nathan's paper online at nature.com forward slash PR. And to access the pathway that Nathan and team created, go to wikipathways.org and search for SIDS. Nathan hopes that other researchers will use his tool and add to it. I'll be back in November with another study from the Journal of Paediatric Research. Until then, goodbye and thanks for listening. I'm Charlotte Stoddart. <laughs> <laughs>